You're listening to Nursing Review Radio. Nurses are affected by chronic disease, back pain, mental illness and extreme fatigue but still see themselves as in good health, a study has found. I'm joined by study lead Professor Lynn Perry from the University of Technology Sydney to discuss nurses' health. Welcome Lynn. Hi, thank you for inviting me. Uh, This recent study followed pilot studies at two Sydney hospitals that you said revealed some things about nurses' mental and physical health that were potentially concerning. What were some of the potential issues the pilot studies brought to light? I think it's the, the important thing to flag first of all, as you said, is that it wasn't all concerns. We had nearly 65% of our respondents who rated their health as excellent to very good. And that's really important because we know that that's an important predictor for future health. So that was a a good start to, to get off on. However, as you said, there were some things that raised a bit of concern for their current but also for their future health. So, for example, if we looked at the the risk factors, which are the the nine main risk factors that are identified in the New South Wales Health Population Survey. So those are things like smoking, alcohol intake, overweight and obesity, blood pressure, waist circumference, activity and dietary intake. So for these things, we found that, for example, almost a third were self-reporting alcohol drinking patterns that could be classed as risky and about 18% of them said they were smoking and that's more than the the Australian population. When we looked at overweight and obesity, the numbers who were were reporting themselves as overweight or obese were less than the population numbers for each age band but they were high and increasing with age and when we looked at the waist circumferences and this is a particular risk for future cardiovascular disease we found 57% were in a category that put them at increased age, and that was across all ages, but of course increasing with age. And we looked at their diet choices, and they were certainly no better than the Australian population, but we know the Australian population has, has some terrible diet choices in some instances. For example, we are so bad at eating our veggies. And what we found with these nurse groups was that only 6% were eating the amount of recommended fruit and vegetable per day. In summary, at this group, we had, on average, um, they were reporting risk categories of uh, at least four risk categories. We also found that they were reporting quite a high symptom burden. So, for example, the sort of things that they were talking about was frequent headaches, severe tiredness, indigestion, heartburn, night sweats, and symptoms of anxiety and depression. When we actually looked at their mental health scores, we found that their mental health and vitality scores on average were coming out lower than the Australian population overall. When we looked at what predicted mental health, we found that shift work and sleep problems, both of which are things that we have a degree of control for a workforce, came out as significant. So altogether, whilst there were some some good things that made us optimistic for the future. There were also some things that we thought were current concerns which which might be modifiable as well. 
Your study of 5,000 New South Wales nurses found that while nurses reported a high level of job satisfaction, they also reported a host of health symptoms and diseases. What are some of the key health issues nurses are facing at the moment? One of the strengths of this second survey was that it was so much bigger than the pilot. The pilot was only metropolitan nurses, so we knew it wasn't going to be representative. But our New South Wales-wide survey of more than 5,000 nurses is representative of the New South Wales nursing and midwifery population. And we found that some of the patterns of health are really quite similar to what we found in the pilot study. So, for example, the symptom burdens that we found, we found that, for example, severe tiredness was reported as sometimes to very often within the last 12 months by 44%. And for back pain and stiff joints and headaches, that was 40%. Between one in four to one in six were reporting symptoms of anxiety, indigestion, depression, night sweats, constipation, all up to more up to often within the last 12 months so it's quite a high symptom burden and overall the the nurses and midwives were reporting an average of at least three symptom groups per person they talked about a lot of pain as well over a third said they had experienced pain sometimes too often within the last four weeks and the severity of that was moderate to very severe for one third over a third reported sleep symptoms that put them into a category that could be classed as insomnia. And nearly a third of them were dissatisfied with their sleep problems. So there was quite a lot of symptom burden in there. And when we looked at the diagnosis, so this diseases that they had actually been diagnosed with, and we compared that to the Australian population figures as a whole, we found that once again, mental health diagnoses were much higher than the the Australian population, we had, nearly, we had over a quarter who were reporting mental health diagnoses, nearly one in five with a diagnosis of arthritis, 15% with diagnosis of asthma. All of this is, is much higher than the Australian population. So there's quite a high degree of, of health symptoms and health diagnoses in, in our workforce population. What are some of the possible sources of these health issues? Nurses are, of course, people as well as a workforce. And we know that what we're seeing in the Australian population is that our population's ageing, the average age is rising. And what we're seeing is with this an increasing prevalence of health risk factors and of chronic disease itself. So it's not unexpected to find, to some extent, that this is being reflected in the the nursing population. But of course what is different with this is that A, nursing is recognised as a demanding and high stress occupation and for many it's quite a physically demanding as well. What we're looking at is the results of a cross-sectional study and this doesn't allow us to look directly for causes but it does give us an opportunity to look at the influences of an occupation compared to a population as a whole. And this is giving us, when we, when we compare what our nursing and midwifery workforce tell us, compared to age and sex and geographically linked groups from the population, it gives us some pointers about the sort of things that might be related to originating in a workforce. 
What are some of the findings that health managers or governments looking to improve the well-being of nurses should focus on and what are some changes that could be implemented? Ah, that's a really important question. And one of the first things that we did is look at the literature to see what sort of things had been tried with the nursing and midwifery workforce. And actually we were really surprised to find that although lots of different occupational groups have a lot of different health promotion interventions reported, very, very few of these have been trialled with the nursing and midwifery workforce. Now that's really important because the workplace is a really important setting firstly because we spend quite a lot of time of our time there also because it's to some extent a controlled setting we can influence for example the ease of access to healthy versus less healthy foodstuffs also because we get peer effects there so we we work with our colleagues and our friends and we can support each other in other occupations, the sort of things that have been looked at include things like food availability and eating facilities, and perhaps linked to that, weight management support. There's a lot of work that's looked on exercise and physical activity, smoking cessation, quite a few things that have focused on mental health, so things like resilience and coping skills, provision of counselling and psychological support. And the ways that could go about this include things like not just provision of resources, but support for the setting up of peer support groups, helping people to goal set and to achieve their goals. So what we're currently doing is engaging and working with a group of managers with a view to making some recommendations about not just what would be important interventions, but also what things would be feasible to be implemented within health settings and for this important health workforce. 